0: Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Fraser and Rick Hale.
1: Everybody, it's Thursday night and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. I feel I have to jump in and um, correct our our lead into the show tonight because your hosts are Karen Frazier and not Rick Kale. Because Rick is off tonight, sitting in is Chucky G.
2: Hello, hello, hello.
1: For those of you who don't know who I mean, it's our frequent, it's our f- the man who pulls our butt out <laughs> of the fire whenever one of us can't be on the air. It's Chuck Godski, everybody, from... In the dark, radio.
2: Good evening, Karen. I thought you were going to say. I thought you going to say it was our freaky friend or something like that. There our
1: freaky friend. Well, that's because you've been talking to <laughs> me for the last half hour, and I seem to be in a little bit of a feisty mood this
2: evening. Oh, weekend. yes, I, you are. You are a I, feisty lady.
1: I don't know what it is. I, I you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I had some Powerade. Maybe that's it. I powered <laughs> up. It's the sugar.
2: Maybe it is. Yeah, you're just on a rush right now. So, <laughs> sugar and I get rush. to. D- and I get to deal with you. I'm so lucky.
1: Lucky you well, here's here's the yeah. great thing about when, when Chuck is on the show. Mm. So our show, one person really prepares and the other person is me. <laughs> so I love and Rick is the same as me. He actually doesn't prepare. Um because we like to let the conversation flow. But Chuck prepares and you know what? It's just easier when you're here because you've prepared.
2: Well, thank you. I I try to. I'm like a little schoolboy.
1: Yes. So, thank you. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're sitting in with me and, you know, good things. We're going to have a good show. We're going to be talking to um, Keith and Carissa from Chill Seekers. And I'm looking forward to that very much. They have been aboard one of my kind of bucket list of paranormal places, which is the USS Hornet. I have had um, my share of... Investigating above or aboard Navy vehicles before decommissioned Navy vehicles, and um, it can be an interesting ride. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, so, was... go ahead.
2: No, I'm sorry, I was just say it's inter- I'm interesting to hear because you know, like all the different boats that you can go and you know, yeah. do investigations on. I've never done it either, so yeah, it's kind of cool if they got to do that. Yeah,
1: this. we have out here we have the USS Turner Joy, it's in um, Bremerton. And they've mm-hmm. turned it into a naval museum, but they open it up for investigations as well. And as a matter of fact, my team, South Sound Paranormal Research, was the very first team to ever investigate um, the Turner really?
2: Joy. Yeah. Do they charge, charge a lot of money though? I mean, to get on these things or is it? They do. Mm-hmm. Is it oh, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. It.
1: They do. Um, and you know, we typically don't pay to investigate, but in the case of the Turner Joy, it's a. It helps the museum as well because during the day it's open as a, a naval museum. Mm-hmm. And um, it was involved in the Vietnam War and the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Oh, wow. And it um, had some some amazing things. And one of my most, uh, you know, I have so many, but one of my most intense paranormal experiences that I wrote about in one issue of the magazine, and I couldn't even tell you which one. Cheryl might be able to if she thought real hard about it, but it um, w- occurred on that, on that ship. It's a um, destroyer.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm sorry. What was it that happened? I mean, what? what was your
1: my was experience you? yeah yeah what was the experience? um oh my gosh well so i was um i was up by uh up front of the ship uh, you know i guess it's fore and aft and all that Pardon my lack of naval terminology. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. That's I'm, okay. Yeah. Front
2: and back is fine. That's good.
1: Yeah. Go. So, up towards the captain's quarters in the front of the ship, and we were sitting actually, there's a little office off of the captain's quarters um, that's like the XO's office or something. And I was sitting in the XO's office, and I started hearing with Patty and Megan, who are two of my team members, and I started hearing noises down the hall. And um, one of the rules of paranormal investigation is you always go in a pair, right? So, I went alone. Tube. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I got up and I went alone and I walked just down the hallway and around the corner to where these no- noises were coming from. And it was, um, just a little room that looked like maybe, um, on, where a couple officers slept. It had a couple of racks in it and, um, you know, like a closet and things like that. So mm-hmm. really small yeah. birthing area, but just, just for two birthing areas, not like the 15 or something that they usually have. And mm-hmm. so whatever was in there, whoever was in there followed me. And followed me back, and I walked back, and I could feel when I picked him up, and I walked back in with Patty and Megan. And it was like he sat on my lap or something, and it was like he was hugging me. All of a sudden, I was icy cold all the way through, like he was wrapped around me, my front. You won't, you won't yeah. Say. And um, Elaine is in chat saying, bad Karen. She was actually there that evening. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, and then he gave he gave a name, mm. and... um You know, and it was the correct name, and he was, like, rocking and crying, and what I wanted to do was hold myself and rock and keen, because remember, I'm empathic, so I pick Mm up whatever anybody's feeling, including dead people, and he was terrified and just really – well, as I was – So and it took me a long time to shake him, and it was just this very – uh, emotional experience, and physically uh, he took me through everything he experienced physically. Aww. So I felt everything that he had experienced, and I felt like my face was on fire, for instance. That's and, great. well, it turns out that um, the in in the ship was involved in an incident. And um, there were several people that were killed in this incident. They were shooting torpedoes, and they had been shooting torpedoes all day engaged in battle. And mm-hmm. Um, one misfired,
3: oh.
1: and this guy and several other were trying to clear it. They were trying right. to clear, because I guess when a torpedo misfires, that's a very dangerous situation.
3: Right, exactly.
1: And they couldn't clear it, and it exploded in the gun turret, which these things are tiny.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it killed three people, including this guy whose name we got.
2: Wow, that's that's yeah. Crazy. Well, now here's a question too. Since you're talking about that, you know, I know that we always say uh, you're saying about going in Paris because it really is the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. But do you think that? Do you think that if you went with somebody else, that experience would have happened or transpired? Or do you think that maybe it was because you were alone? You know, because sometimes like we 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 do the same thing in Paris, but yeah. once in a while you have to put someone off a little bit. As long as you're close, you know, so well, that maybe he they came, feel more. He came,
1: yeah, he came with me back uh-huh. to a room with people.
2: Oh okay, okay,
1: yeah, he because I went back in and sat down with Elaine with him right there with me, I went back down and sat down with Elaine and um not Elaine, excuse me with Patty and megan right, and so, yeah, I don't know, so uh Cheryl said it was the september twenty thirteen issue
2: oh, okay, gotcha,
1: yeah, so okay. it was um it was very intense, and um somebody in chat wants to know what his name is, and I don't want to tell you because um his family is still living. Oh, and I tend to be very careful about that because I don't want people to suffer thinking their loved one is mm-hmm. still around in spirit in right. some kind of state of suffering.
3: Right. That's-
1: so, so as a matter of fact, I, I probably, I before I wouldn't even say it was a Turner Joy. So I just sort of blew it because um, apparently, you know. I'm in that mood tonight, or something. I didn't mean to, but but anyway. Um, so yeah, it was a very intense, uh, very intense experience. I would recommend that people go aboard the Turner Joy because there are lots of things that happen on that ship. It's really amazing, and so I'm looking forward to talking um, to chill seekers about the Hornet because Lloyd Auerbach talks about the Hornet a lot and just some of the amazing things mm-hmm. that happen. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it would be Hornet. interesting. I did, well, you know, I was doing a little history on the Hornet too, and you know, mm-hmm. it was originally named the uh, USS Kearsarge, I guess, it, it, before it was actually the USS Hornet, because I guess they named the USS they named it the USS Hornet in honor of the CV eight USS Hornet, which was lost in October of nineteen forty two. So it was interesting to find out that then this ship was changed names and went to the USS Hornet CV twelve, which is how it's and it's been like that since the nineteen forty three, I think. So oh, It's kind cool. of interesting. See there, I am homework.
1: There you homework. He does his research. So hey, before we before we go to break and come back with our guests, um, you and I have sort of a joint announcement. Although it's a little more your announcement than mine.
2: Well, yeah, that's true. Um, Basically, Mm -hmm. uh, with the kindness of Paranormal Underground Radio, um, I'm going to be allowed to be a little bit longer on the air. Starting in May, I will be starting. I believe it's uh, is it 7:30 Pacific? 7.30 7.30 10,
1: Pacific, 1030,
2: 10.30 Eastern. Eastern, Other times right.
1: in the flyover states.
2: Correct. Uh, so my show will be <laughs> starting a little bit earlier, and uh, Paranormal Underground uh, Radio has given up a little of their time, so I could actually be on a little bit longer. So I want to say yeah. thank you very much for doing that for me, and you know? I appreciate it.
3: Yeah,
1: it seems very equitable that we each have an hour and a half show, doesn't it?
2: Well, yeah, it'll be nice because I won't have to – because sometimes I feel like – I'm talking to the guests, and I'm just kind of getting there. And then, okay, we gotta go now. Wrap it up. Tell me what you want to do. Bye bye.
1: Yeah, it's a little rushed, and an hour and a half is more than enough time.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I I can babble for like you know ten, fifteen minutes, and just give it all to the guests. You know,
1: absolutely. So in May, um, we'll be ending a half hour earlier, and in the Dark Radio, be coming on a half an hour earlier. So that's really exciting. (laughs) Yay! All right, so here's what we're gonna do. We will go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Chill Seekers and about all sorts of fun stuff. They've got a little web series that they do as well, and it sounds like they get to investigate some pretty cool places, and Chuck is prepared, so it won't be as much of my, you know, unfocused rambling as usual. So, yay, Chuck? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so stick around. We'll be right back. It's Paranormal Underground Radio, Hazy Radio Network. Stick around.
2: I'm Chuck G. Come join me on my new show called In the Dark Radio. From topics such as ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and more, this is a show you don't want to miss. So stay tuned right here on the Hazy Network from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, right after a paranormal Underground. And let's keep the radio rolling.
1: It's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hay Z Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states.
4: (laughs) Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality.
1: So, please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com.
0: Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine.
5: And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions.
0: If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit paranormalunderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at paranormalunderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover
1: price. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
5: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG.
1: Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
5: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
1: This is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, the Ghosts of Wellington, in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit dancingwiththeafterlife.com. Thank you.
6: This is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network.
7: The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned
6: and broadcast for entertainment purposes only.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Karen, and sitting in tonight, Chucky G.
2: Hello, everyone. Hello. I have Hello. to before we
1: bring our guests on. I have to apologize to all of you for listening to my very very scratchy voice. I live in Western Washington, and everything is in bloom <clears throat> right now. Everything is in bloom, and so um, yeah, allergies are running running very rampant around the house. So if I sound even scratchier than usual, or if my nose is whistling over the radio, I'm so very sorry. <laughs>
3: I
2: was just, just going to say the scratchiness kind of adds a kind of a, a sexy tone to your voice. It's the, the, it's a whistling No, And then the would you yeah, that's definitely not sexy.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, though, I can do like the penny whistle solo from My Ooh. Heart Will Go On, so there you go.
2: Well, maybe we can do that later after the guests leave. You can play us a tune. Uh,
1: oh, my God. <laughs> that would be disturbing. All right. <laughs> So, I would like to introduce our guests who have graciously sat there and listened through that. My goodness. So, tonight we are joined by Keith and Carissa. They're from Chill Seekers, which is a paranormal investigation and research group based in Modesto, California. Um, Keith and Carissa are kindred spirits who formed the group. And they they began in 2012. And they have also a couple other members, including... Andrew, who is a tech guy, a tech god. We call it the tech god on our team, you guys. And you also have two psychic mediums, Christy and Ellie. You guys, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely wonderful having you on. So um, I'm always excited to hear teams that work with psychic mediums. So tell me your approach then when you have the psychic mediums, but you also do the tech stuff. What's your approach to investigation?
7: Well, it's really nice to have, to validate each other. Sometimes our psychic mediums will validate what our equipment's getting, and sometimes our equipment will validate what psychic mediums are getting. And that is the ideal situation.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And so I I don't know if you guys were listening to the top of the show, but I mentioned that you have investigated one of my bucket list places. So can we get right into the USS Hornet? Sure. So is it as awesome as i hear it is <laughs>
4: yeah it's really big ship
1: yeah what kind of what kind of ship is it it is a carrier oh it is big so when you guys investigated it um and there's only 5 of you how on earth did you manage to make that all work for you
7: actually there was only 4 of us at that time um we were you know still getting our feet on the ground um it worked really amazing it was a huge ship a small group so everything was very controlled um we did have to have a guide that you know led us through otherwise we would have been lost in there for weeks
1: (laughs) yeah they're like small cities aren't they (laughs) they are (laughs) yeah so tell me some of the things that you experienced aboard the hornet because i've i mean Lloyd loy flat out says it's one of the most haunted places he's ever been. So what is it about it that qualifies it as that? Well,
7: when it comes to a wartime ship, which that is, um, there's so much emotion, so much fear, so much anxiety, um, anticipation, you know, so many emotions that go into that. Um, It is on water. So people say that that has something to do with it as well. Um, And it is, Known to have more suicides on that ship than any other vessel in the navy.
1: Really. Mm-hmm. Which which war time?
7: Um, that was in World War Two.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I know Chuck looked into the Hornet because he does his research, and I never do. So.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not you know at it either, but I try to make sure I, I try to get the basics down.
1: Well, that's good. I I try to like when I actually when I investigate places because I'm a psychic medium as well. I don't want to know anything about it until I'm done with the investigation. But after then, I'm very curious to find out. Usually, oh yeah,
3: definitely,
2: yeah, yeah. And I, and I was watching. You know, I was I got onto YouTube today, so I was watching some of your your videos or your investigations, which they're both basically. Um, and with as far as the USS Hornet, I did notice that w- w- what I found interesting was the Morse code uh, section of that video where you were actually getting the tapping that was picked up and then you put it to uh, words, you know, you were able to figure out. How did you, did you have to go to someone and ask them, or did you know Morse code, you know what I mean, or did you have to go to someone and say, hey, look, this is this is the tapping stuff we're getting. Does this mean anything? I mean, how did you go about figuring out what that possibly meant?
3: Well, I'm
7: part of service myself, so I uh, I recognize that it was something relevant there that, that, that did sound like Morse code. Um, uh-huh. I did have to call somebody who was in in the Navy um, right. and asked, it showed it to them and asked them and they freaked out over the telephone when they heard it.
2: Wow. Yeah. Cause I know one of the words was high, correct. And then the other one was, um, it was that correct.
7: Yes.
2: And IT? What, yeah. What did it stand for again? I forgot. I, I was going to write that down, but
7: it stands for information technician.
2: Okay, cool.
1: Oh, so they were telling you what they did.
7: Yes. They were letting us know that they were
1: there. Mm-hmm. So is an IT someone who would have been doing the Morse code in the military at that time then?
7: Not necessarily at that time. Um, but the thing is, is there are there are deaths reported on the ship very within the last five years even. So, um, you know, not necessarily able to put a time frame on, you know, where that communication came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. it's definitely something relevant for us.
1: Is the Hornet still an active Navy ship? No, it is not. Okay. It's mothballed?
7: Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, But, you know, there is a lot of uh, staff, volunteers, things like that on the ship. Um, There are people that go in and out a lot. Um, So uh, out of respect for the people, we don't want to go too much into detail, but there are recent deaths on the ship.
1: No, I appreciate that 100%. Um, So, yeah, cool. So you guys actually do... um, People can see the investigative work that you do, because sure. you do a little bit of a web series, right? Yes. So tell us about that.
7: Okay, so uh, Chill Seekers is the is our group name, but it's also our web series. Um, we've been doing it for a while, uh, since 2012, since we, we we kind of started off as a it's an anniversary getaway and we videotaped it and that's why episode one is kind of like a vacation video of sorts. Um, and we started getting really into it. We found out, you know, we were good at it and we just kept going. So we've been releasing episodes uh, about once a month. Um, and it's taken us pretty far. I'll let Keith kind of take over a little bit and explain to you like where our outlets are at this point. Okay.
4: Yeah, um our videos are available on our website, chillseekers dot com. Uh, like you said, we're on YouTube. And um recently we're on uh Roku, which is uh Get Scared TV. They uh picked us up on their Roku devices. So
1: Cool. Well congratulations. That sounds like something that's a lot of fun to do. So what um along with the Hornet, what other investigations can people see on your series?
7: oh gosh um, we've been doing it for a while um we have some you know smaller businesses some homes which i feel can be very very active sometimes more so than the paranormal tourist attractions
1: i agree yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh,
7: so some of our uh, most compelling evidence is in the smaller ones like that uh, we've done some big ones angel city brewery in la was a uh, beautiful beautiful investigation uh, the energy there was positive from the people who are there that are alive And it was a beautiful energy from those who have passed away as well.
2: Now, you did the Mare Island, right? The old Navy Ammunition base, which is, what is it, short, is it Shoreline Heritage Preserve now? Is that what it's called? The,
7: yeah. Yes, the preserve, um, the, the part of the island that's preserved is the Shoreline Heritage Preserve. And that, that is one of my favorite investigations.
2: Yeah. Cause I saw you guys did the buildings and then there's also a cemetery there, which was interesting. Now, I have, I have one question. When you went into the one that built one of the buildings, did you actually say that it, there was a bunch of hoarders stuff in there? Cause you guys were like, <laughs> you guys were like walking on top of stuff and stuff like that. Is that correct?
7: Yes, the first time we went, um, the magazine that we were investigating uh, had fallen victim to a hoarder, (laughs) and there was so much stuff in there that a year later when we, they had cleaned it for a whole year, and there Mm -hmm. was still, uh, there was still things in there a year later when we returned.
2: Right, because there was like, um, if I I remember correctly, there was an explosion in 1917, correct? That killed uh, some people. Um, Like a munitions
1: explosion or something? Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And were you able to, uh, you know, because I know you guys did, you know, your EVP sessions and stuff. So, were you able to connect with anybody that might have been connected to that died in that explosion? I, mean, I was watching some of, it, but I I didn't catch it all. So
7: yes, it, when we're in the cemetery, um, is that the nineteen seventy one cemetery? In the, I know there was. Sorry, I, I kind of there was so many explosions on that island that mm-hmm. um, I get my dates kind of mixed up sometimes. Um, but when we were in the cemetery, the USS Boston uh, had a memorial there for an explosion that happened. Yes. Uh, and the cause of the explosion is um, was a mystery. And when we were able to contact some of the spirits there, we got a little insight of, to what happened. And that actually made uh, the papers there uh, so, in the So it was a pretty big deal in the area.
2: And what was the insight that you found? I mean, what did you find that they didn't know?
7: We did find out um, that... Well, what we found out was that they were there. Um, we asked some questions about, um, you know, who who it was, who was right. involved, things like that. And we did get some names coming through that actually matched the um, the memorial tombstone that was there next to us.
2: Oh, yeah, because I saw the one was like Austrandler or something like that. Austrandler, Juice, yeah.
7: yes. And then, yeah, that's uh, a rather
1: unusual name, so,
7: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's <laughs> like Juice came through so clearly, and, um, you know, we were standing right there, and we were able to just kind of... We didn't even have to cut the camera. We just panned over to show that that is what we were standing next to at the time that we got the mm-hmm.
3: this wow. voice.
7: <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's, there was other explosions there as well. Um, the McKinley family was um, killed, and they found that it was an act of saboteur there, uh, and that's, that was the person who, who caused it.
2: Mm-hmm. What was, the, what was the deal with the sprinklers? It's like you guys heard, like I heard the noise uh, while you were filming, and then you guys heard the noise, and then it was like nothing happened. And then the alarm went off, like you had a motion sensor alarm that went off. And then right when you went back to go check the footage, it's like the camera went off, got just shut down right after the, the motion sensor went off, so you couldn't even see what was going on.
4: Yeah, um, we just heard this noise going through the cemetery, it was kind of like traveling upwards. Mm-hmm. And um, we thought it was sprinklers, that's what it sounded like, um, but there was no water being sprayed or anything like that, and right when we heard it, the motion sensor went off, and Andrew took off running <laughs> to get the camera because he thought the sprinklers were on. see
7: That guy runs so fast. And
4: then we played back the footage, and it, it cuts off right right before the um, the motion sensor. Yeah, I found
2: found it to be interesting that it actually shut down right after the motion sensor went off and everything was still, everything was all occurring at the same time because I'm an investigator. So to me, I found that to be kind of interesting that it would just shut down right at that exact moment when, you know, all this was going on. So, And and out of
7: that, we felt no water. There was no water. There was, we heard the sprinklers come up, everything that happened, and then. Well,
4: it sounded like sprinklers. Yeah, it sounded
7: like sprinklers, but then there was really like, there was no water. (laughs)
1: Yeah. See, but I think it's really interesting when you're investigating and you get kind of a concurrence events of events like that where it's not just one thing, but, you know, you have several things that all happen that are measurable in different ways at the same time. To me, that's pretty compelling stuff.
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I want to ask you a little bit um, about something that you said, and because I agree with you, that you said that you sometimes find private homes and private businesses are... Um, more active in some of these famous haunts and I absolutely agree with you and I have a theory why but I'd like to know why you think that is
7: okay actually I was just talking about this the other day um I feel that you know when people go in and they're performing their investigations and everything we all do it a different way but it almost leaves like a scar on the location I feel like it it Mm -hmm. it works the spirits you know you're you're using their energy to communicate and I feel like when it's, when it's fresh and you get in there and there hasn't been anybody in there before, you know, there's just all this pent-up energy just waiting for you. And then you go in there and you break that seal and it's going to come flooding at you.
1: Oh, that's an interesting theory. I, um, you know, I do know, I've investigated places um, where, like, we've had maybe group tours going through or things where after maybe four or five groups go through, it shuts down.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, by, that's exactly what happened at Mare Island, the return. There was a, there was a tour beforehand, and uh, we feel that that's why we didn't get as much evidence in the return as we did the initial episode.
1: Yeah, and so I, I actually agree. That's an interesting theory. I actually think that like with private homes and things, the other thing is that you've got um, family dynamic energy, and that's something that can be fed on. You know, so you have you know people who love each other and people who fight and and I mean just all of this stuff and you know families have such energy to them, you know as long as everybody's not like packed away in their separate rooms with their blackberries or not blackberries now their their iPhones and their <laughs> video games and all of that. I just totally aged with their blackberries. Yeah, They're bomb pilots.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Also, with the house calls, it seems like um, you're kind of more likely to get something dark and negative because a lot of times these people are reaching out for help because they're experiencing, like, attacks or malevolent, you know, energies. That's what we've come across.
1: Oh, yeah. That, that they're they're finding energies that are frightening to
4: them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they're reaching out to us, like, for help, basically.
1: Right. So when you go into a home where they feel like they've got these darker, malevolent types of energies, how do you guys help? What is it? What is it you, that you do in that context?
7: Well, first, we try to get them some answers, um, you know, validating what what they're experiencing. Sure. Uh, but that's also why we brought on uh, the Sunday mediums, Christy and Ellie. Um, they're very, they're very knowledgeable when it comes to, you know, like demonology and things like that. Um and they're, they're able to help cleanse a house um, a little bit more thoroughly than, you know, I would be able to myself. So um, we try to do that for the client as well. But each situation is is different. Some people don't want to cleanse their home. Some people just kind of want answers. So we do a thorough consultation with the client first and try to, uh, to see what fits best for them.
1: Cool. Now, you guys have been doing this since 2012, so just a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So um, what drew you to it?
4: I think we've always been interested in it. Um, what would
1: you, what
7: would you say? Uh, I, I agree, we've always been interested in it. Um, right before we got started doing it, um, you know, we had some pretty profound experiences in our home and uh, got us talking. And we, you know, just kind of I don't know, I guess we just kind of decided to do it. Uh, as like I said, like as an anniversary getaway, and then uh, it has evolved into what it is today. <laughs> it is quickly, actually. <laughs>
1: Wow, so it really has evolved quickly. And so you guys originally did you you went like to a haunted location for your anniversary?
7: We did. We went to it's episode 1 uh the Jamestown it's in Jamestown National the National
2: Hotel. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I remember seeing that one. Was that when you were sitting in the tub?
7: yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember that one
7: <laughs> yeah that's the one I was sitting. and I was so uh that was my very first uh, I didn't want to say that was one of my very first EVP sessions that I had ever done um as you tell my confidence was a little bit lower my you know I didn't speak as loudly and I was mm-hmm. really nervous at that time and I just felt like a I'll give him the tub. It'll be (laughs) one, it would make a cool shop, and two, it would make me very vulnerable, which I thought would open me up to, you know, some type of communication. And it did.
3: Yeah, why not?
2: I'm sorry, go ahead, Karen. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, you know, those first few EVP sessions, you know, you do feel like a moron. You feel like an idiot. You're sitting there, you're just talking to nothing, as far as you know. So, so I get it. It's hard to, it, it takes a while, and, you know, until you're just willing to be standing in a crowd of people even and going, is there anybody here?
7: Yeah, and what's embarrassing, though, is my first EVP sessions are uh, broadcast on YouTube.
1: (laughs) Well, sure, but, you know, everybody has to start somewhere.
7: Exactly, but that's what's cool is we try to keep everything available to the viewer. They can grow with us. They see how how we've grown and what we're doing and how we do it, and that that level of transparency, I think, is uh, important to our credibility.
1: So how have you grown?
7: Sorry, Chuck. That's no, okay. Oh well, um, you know this has become quite a passion of ours. We're always researching um, new techniques. We're researching, you know, um, different theories. Uh, we've grown to understand the concepts and theories behind, you know, para- paranormal investigation, the equipment, um, and we've even grown
3: it,
7: no, it grown in numbers when it comes to viewers. You know, our media sure. presence has been international. Um, I mean, we have we've been covered all the way to Indonesia with the USS Hornet episode, so that was pretty exciting too.
2: Well, I noticed that by watching, I have to say, by watching your videos, uh, you're very passionate about what you're doing. Like that's one of the things I found as you guys progress. Uh, Carissa, uh, uh, Keith, all you guys really, um, as you get farther into your investigations, like in episode 11, or whatever, you seem to be very passionate. You seem to take a lot of time to write down, uh, the, try to find the history of the location and the information needed to do it correctly, which I find, uh, quite awesome because, you know, a lot of people just kind of go in for the thrill, um, where you're, you're not really just going in for that. You're going in to, to get the answers to get the experience, of course, but also to get the answers and to actually find out what's going on. When you guys go into these places, on that note, do you also look for alternatives? You know, do you always look for just automatically paranormal or do you do like most of us where we look for alternative methods or alternative reasons why certain things are happening? I mean, do you take that approach too?
7: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, as, you, as you've as probably seen, our episodes range between like uh, 10, 20 minutes long. So we're there for about, you know, 12 hours sometimes, and we're going to condense that all into like the most exciting 15 minutes of it. So we do try to, um, we do try to find a a natural explanation as well. Um, but that's not always, you know, it's kind
1: of boring sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not the exciting part, is it? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, but it's the thing is, is that I find really the boring parts are, much more um, prevalent than the really exciting parts. But boy, those exciting parts hook you, don't they?
7: Oh, yeah. That's why, like, when we, if we are able to, you know, show an explanation and everything, I will usually just omit that evidence and, um, you know, show, show the evidence that we couldn't explain or leave it up to the viewer and explain to them, you know, what we did exactly get.
1: Fair enough. Um, so let's talk about equipment. What? Uh, because you have an equipment person on your team. I am most definitely not my team's equipment person. I'm lucky when they let me touch it. Um, <laughs> but I do like equipment. I think it's pretty cool. But you can also, you know, blow your entire paycheck <laughs> on equipment. So, what are you guys using?
4: Uh, wow, well, we have a lot of equipment. Um, uh, everything from you know spirit boxes. We have um, the Ovilus Three device.
7: Um, like, oh, how many cameras? <laughs> a ton
4: of infrared cameras, full spectrum camera. We got DVR. Um,
7: the wireless mic system. We we try to experiment with different things as well.
4: Yeah. Um. What
7: else? Game cameras.
4: Yeah, man. I
1: actually really like game cameras. I think that those are a great piece of equipment. The yeah. infrared um, motion-activated game cameras are fantastic.
7: Mm-hmm. We we really enjoy ours too. Yeah, and you know we're always it's always coming to the door every day. I swear there's a knock on the door with a package. So <laughs> and that's how we evolve. That's how we build. Um, you know we're always going to try different things. Um, if it doesn't work, we won't. You know we we may put on the shelf. If it does work, we'll we'll use when it works. You
2: know. You guys
1: have the bug.
7: Yes.
2: <laughs> what's your what's what's your favorite? I mean, what's your favorite piece of equipment to use? Out of it. If you got everything and you had to take take one thing, what would it be?
4: If we had to just take one thing? Oh, yeah, one okay. thing. Probably just the digital recorder, right? Awesome that's answer.
7: Keith, Keith likes a digital recorder. Um, mm. You know.
4: And then spirit box. Yeah, yeah digital recorder really like and spirit box
7: book. are very important. But then I think it's so important to document what you have. And that's mm-hmm. why cam- we always have a camera on us.
2: Right. Yeah. That's yeah.
7: all that's our
2: documentation. Yeah. I was just curious because I think my, uh, my, my favorite thing is my digital recorder too for catching EVPs. I mean, I like the spirit box. I like all the other, uh, toys I have with the bells and whistles, but I think that seems to be the best piece of equipment I have. Now, have you had luck with your Ovulus? Cause I mean, I have the Ovulus yeah. X. I have the Ovulus X, you know, the older one. Yeah. Ones. We have the
1: Ovulus X yeah. too. Yeah.
2: But I'm, I'm, I'm just curious because I've, I haven't had a lot of luck with it so far. Have you guys had luck with yours?
4: It's um. It seems to be pretty hit and miss. I agree. We have uh. We actually put out a vlog video um where we're we're in Murphy's uh California at the Buena Vista Cemetery. Okay. It's our first time testing out the Oculus Three, and it worked really well. Actually, we're really surprised. Um. Yeah. What would
7: you? Yeah, I like it for the fact that it's it's almost. It, it it feeds you hints, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to follow those hints and use your right. other equipment as well to validate them um, and to, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. To
1: I agree. Whoops, sorry. Yeah. Dogs. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry. Uh, apparently my husband's home and, you know, the dogs. <laughs> <mean>. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, no, no, I agree with you on the obvious. I think it's kind of a, you got to piece it together with all the other stuff you're finding because sometimes you get like, yeah aimless stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with it or something that maybe might seem aimless and then all of a sudden it does become part of it. So I was just curious of what if what yeah, you what you think. Yeah, it's on. it's a
1: supporting device. We use it for <laughs> yeah. kind of the same thing, you know, where it'll give us maybe a word several times and mm-hmm. and it helps us to understand maybe what the spirits are asking for from us. Yeah.
4: yeah. It led us yeah. around the cemetery and actually brought us to um the headstone of carol and it actually said the name carol and it was it was pretty cool and it actually gave us a name from our previous investigation
2: wow mm-hmm.
4: it was very it's,
2: it's great when it validates isn't it
1: and then sometimes it just <laughs> babbles Ugh.
2: yeah it does it says like street yeah. and light i'm like what does that got to do with anything
1: so, <laughs> africa yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <right>. yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know. Um, oh
1: my gosh! And, and here's here's my biggest complaint about the ovelus. it can't pronounce anything, man. No,
2: its <laughs> oh, pronunciation
1: have, is terrible.
2: If you have, if you don't have the device that tells you the word, which I didn't have at first, Uh-oh. I'm like, what is that thing saying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need the readout screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why we use the ovelus, We always uh, subtitle
7: it for the viewer. Yeah, because there's no way that they're going to understand it.
1: Right, I know. Um, I actually like the ghost box a lot. My favorite piece of equipment is, of course, myself, Um, because I, you know, because I can pick up what I need to, and then somebody else can validate it on on equipment. But um, I also really like ghost boxes, Um, and some work better than others. Mm -hmm. But I enjoy those. I find them. um, I've had just some really good luck with ghost boxes where you get like a voice underneath that's consistent all the way through that comes just low under the static so it's not like the "Ah, ah," you know the radio voices that come over the top but where it's the same voice all the way through and then a couple of those it's been really really interesting so i think if the spirits can figure out how to use those things ghost boxes are awesome but i think Mm -hmm. they're also really hard for them to figure out how to use
7: Oh yeah, so
2: I, a, I love this SB7 Spirit Box. It's entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's my. I, I love that thing. Though a lot of one of the guys in my group just hates it. He's just, it's too loud. I'm like, yeah, but you got, you have to be able to hear what they're saying. You know what I mean? He just, he just gets annoyed because he thinks it's too loud. But I like it so.
1: Well, you do get a little bit of fatigue. I I do notice that I can only do a Spirit Box for about ten fifteen minutes before mm-hmm. my ears just get tired of listening to it. And yeah. I have to- to something else
2: yeah now there's a there's a question that's been posed that says can each of you guys separately describe the most impactful paranormal experience that you have had
7: Mm -hmm. that's a hard one that's right this is
2: testing night so we're putting you on the spot (laughs)
7: beside what has followed us home um i think that one of the most uh Interesting things that we've most impactful things that I've experienced was uh, when we first brought on our psychic mediums We actually had a spirit box Psychic and investigator relay where she was communicating and hearing him Mm -hmm. Telling me what he was trying to say telling me you know ask him this so I would ask um, The spirit that and his answer would actually come through the spirit box
3: Really?
7: for us to all three, yeah, uh, we actually have it on video on episode nine, the Tropicana nightclub.
3: Okay, uh, I'm writing
2: it
4: down.
7: <laughs> <Tropicana>. <laughs> that one was, that one was probably, uh, I was, I was blown away by that. And how about you, Keith?
4: Uh, yeah, for me, it was probably, uh, we were, we were investigating a, a home here in Modesto and I was walking out of the bedroom and down the hallway, I could see this black Figure walking away from me, and at the time I thought it was the homeowner, but they like it kind of just disappeared, so I thought that was weird. And I called down, and they had been sitting down there the whole time, and like my whole team's in the room behind me, like so it just freaked me out a
1: little bit. Well, when you see that full bodied apparition for the first time, there and and actually every time I've seen one, it doesn't feel like seeing. a living person, there's something that happens to me um, physiologically like this chill goes through my body yeah, when I yeah. that, that it doesn't happen. Like, you know, if you're standing down the hall from me and I see you, I don't get that chill. Did you have that experience?
4: Yeah. It was uh, like for a split second, I thought it was um, the homeowner, but then I just, it just hit me like that wasn't the homeowner. And I got the chills and I called down to them and they are like, hey, we've been down here the whole time. And just that was probably the f- most profound thing that's happened to
1: me. It's that's a cool thing. The full-bodied apparitions are just ridiculously cool and yet a little freaky at the same time, aren't they? Yeah.
7: <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we missed the we missed the apparition, but we did get Keith's reaction and <laughs> what you were saying about it's so unsettling. You can see that in his face that he's completely just Mm-hmm. Thrown off his guard, and um, he's describing what he saw. It's an episode, uh, the Green Residence episode.
2: episode
3: I think it's
7: five. Green
3: um, Residence, so, okay. Yeah, Let's we, write we that try, down too, yeah.
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. we document everything as much as we can, you yeah, know. So what, it's uh, we try to, like I said, have that level of transparency where everybody can experience it with us.
4: Yeah, but yeah. was really bad about that is we had a static camp set up in that hallway, and. Probably 20 minutes before that, we ended up moving it into one of the bedrooms. And so, like, first I was like, we got it on camera. And then I was like, oh no, we moved it.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's heartbreaking. Uh, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I think they plan that. I think they plan that sometimes, you know. Yeah, (laughs)
1: well, but there is, I mean, because I've talked to many people right after they've seen an apparition. And you're absolutely right. There is a reaction. There's something in their face and their voice. They look like they've just seen a ghost. I mean, there's a reason that there's that expression because That's, it is the reaction is, is yeah, very different than, you know, yo, know, I just saw you walking down the hall. It's you saw something. So um, I have some questions for you from chat. So Elaine would like to know when you investigated the Hornet, what equipment did you use?
7: At that time, we used a spirit box, a digital recorder, um, a few IR cams. Uh, What else did we have with us? Because I know that we kept that one pretty basic, Uh,
4: like EMF
7: meters. You know, of course, our millimeters and K twos, all of those. um, And we actually got a lot of evidence through the, the, the 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 millimeter.
1: Okay.
6: Yeah.
1: Okay. So, how long did you spend investigating the hornet?
6: Eight hours? <laughs> oh, you were there a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so she wants to know if you heard disembodied voices in the chapel and if you investigated the bunk area above the anchor room.
7: The bunk area above the anchor room we did investigate. We had uh, static cams up in there. Um, I'm trying to think if we had any evidence in that because I know we, where we got the Morse code was in a bunk area, but not in that particular one. Mm-hmm. Um, the chapel we did it we actually went through pretty much the whole ship. Um, so
4: the most I think we got was in the engine room and in the what's it called? The blo the The German Bottle? Bottle.
3: Bottle.
4: <laughs> in German words, yeah. Uh, we uh
7: like we, we got a lot of evidence in, in the places that we actually weren't expecting to get a lot of evidence, but that's part of what made it exciting.
1: Sorry, I was having a conversation with my husband. Well
2: I, 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 well, I would just want to say something on the U.S.S. Hornet since we jump back to it real quick. I did see the section where um, uh, that says, "Ask if they can see." Oh yeah, Brian. I guess was it a friend of yours or an investigator, or whoever named Brian was wearing a navy a naval hat, and then okay. the Melmeter meter with the REM just on cue just went insane.
7: Oh yeah, that that one went. That was crazy how that would happen, and mm-hmm. as soon as he apologized, it calmed down,
3: mm-hmm. and uh,
7: that, that was pretty neat. He was one of our guides to make sure that we didn't get lost oh,
4: okay. in there. Mm. Like a, it's like a big maze in there.
1: Yeah, I, you know, even on, like, the, the Turner Joy, which is um, not nearly as big, it's a destroyer, so, you know, it's still a good-sized ship. Good God, there, I mean, there's ladders up and ladders down, and it, it, it's so easy to get lost in those in those ships. They're like rabbit warrens.
7: Oh yeah, and I'm a very small uh, person. I'm mm-hmm. only five foot, and I felt like I was, I felt claustrophobic in those very tight quarters.
1: Yeah, they are very claustrophobic. I've actually been aboard like Trident submarines before, and those things you talk, you want to talk claustrophobia? Ooh, I don't know I
3: that. It's crazy. Well, well
1: I haven't like been like out to sea aboard. I mean, I've just gone... Oh. when they've been in. in in do- at the dock. And I I don't know how they do that where hundred and eighty people go down in those things for like ninety days at a time. Oh.
2: I'd oh. freak out. I'd freak out if I did that.
1: Okay. I'd freak out. My my husband, who's a former submarine sailor, is standing there staring at me. I've probably just dramatized him. <laughs> he says those that he says tridents are luxury submarines compared to others. So <laughs> Oh, they sleep with they like sleep with their heads. The racks are like with missile tubes running behind them. They're just they're something else, man. Oh
7: yeah, you get to know your uh, your bunk mates very well, I'm sure. <laughs> oh
1: god, I think that they even sometimes do hot racking in the um in the tridents where you know one guy sleeps in the day and one guy sleeps in the night in the same rack. Oh yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so let's do this. Um, it's just about the top of the hour. We're going to take a break. Can you guys stick around for another half hour or so? Yeah. Sure. Cool. So let's do this. We're talking, you guys, we are talking to chill seekers. We're talking about their adventures in chill seeking down in California. And um, stick around. We will be right back. We're going to pay a few bills, I guess. Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.
0: Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine.
5: And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions.
0: If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price.
1: Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
5: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG.
1: Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
5: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the I Council while cutting molding with a 12-inch dual-compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a All million places you'd never consider texting, out by so why would you do it During while driving? On NASCAR driver
4: Casey trails, Kane here, the asking, asking you her to, to the please stop as the text, and together we can stop the wrecks.
5: Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstopwrecks.org.
6: Hi, this is Hazy and you're listening to the Hazy Radio
3: Network.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. I am Karen Fraser sitting in with me tonight, Chuck Gotsky. That's where you say holla.
3: <laughs> holla. Holla. Holla, <laughs> sister. We're so
1: we are so urban and hip, Chuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are, sister.
1: That's right. Young, urban, and hip. That's Karen Damn. and Chuck.
2: Boom. Right, Boom. So,
1: um, I, you know, I was thinking about that. Don't text and drive. And that's a great, great public service message. But I would also like to add don't drink and text. Have you ever gotten a drunken text from somebody? <laughs> oh, yes, my oh, my
2: God. I Oh, my God. Oh,
1: Lord. Just, yeah. You know, if you've got the phone and you've had a little to drink, just put the phone down, folks.
2: I've don't drive your people, car,
1: don't text.
2: <laughs> I've texted people when I'm not drunk to the wrong person. Ever done that where you send a message and you send it to somebody oh, else and you're like, like oh all the oh time. Oh, my Lord.
1: I suck at texting. Okay, for, so first of all, realize I'm nearly 50 years old. So that's part of it. You know, I am not young, urban, and hip after all. So texting was not something that was part of my life growing up, even a little. Uh-huh. And um, as a matter of fact, to me, texting is like newfangled technology where, you know, my kids are practically born with a phone in their hand texting. Mm-hmm. And so they text everything. And everybody I know texts. And I hate texting because I'm really bad at it. I text the wrong stuff to people. I've you know, i never gotten myself <laughs> in trouble with it. But I do it all the time. Oh, my God. And yeah. my kids just laugh.
2: I know. I sent one once. I said, honey, are you okay? And I said to my buddy, Sean. Was supposed to be my <laughs> did he
1: say, yes, darling, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, he goes, yes,
2: sweetie, I'm fine. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did I just send it to
1: I know. Okay, so also, um, Cheryl, you you might have noticed that we played two songs. Um, apparently, Cheryl is also nearly 50 years old.
0: <laughs> I'll be 45, Karen.
1: I know, you're, you're still in your early 40s. I'm in my late 40s. There you go. Um, but anyway, so Cheryl played two songs this evening, and sort of in the wrong order, but we want to tell you that the first song was Forest Queen by Privet Earth, and the second song was L-E-O, by Oleg Surkov. And those are Creative Commons songs. You can look up those two names, Privet Earth and Oleg Surkov, and um, look up their music. Because there is a lot of great music out there in the Creative Commons. Most of the music, all of the music we play on the show is Creative Commons stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've we've used the heck out of it over the years. And, and we're appreciative to the artists. So. Yes. I like
2: like to point out, too, really quick. uh, I'm 50, going to be 53 this year, so then I'm older than both of you guys.
1: I'm actually only 48. Although (laughs) I accidentally lie and tell people I'm 47 because I can't remember how old I am.
2: Well, great. No, I just, I could have lied, too, then. Oh, never mind. That's right. I'm old.
1: Well, I said I was almost 50. I'm 48. I know. Yeah. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. close. Yeah, I'm three years older than Cheryl. Yep. All right. So. You know our guests have been lovely that they've they sit and listen, they sat and listened to us blathering um over the break, which we did
3: mm-hmm.
1: and now they've been listening quietly to us blathering and they're they are actually young hip kind of urban people because i'm you guys are like in your twenties right.
3: Sure. No? <laughs> I just, I
2: just what what kinda of answer is that?
6: <laughs> I just turned
1: thirty.
3: Oh, oh. You babies.
6: You're young. Yeah.
2: Enjoy
3: it.
1: Enjoy those enjoy that nice firm skin while you can. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so as you know, we have been talking with Keith and Carissa of Chill Seekers, and we've been having fun conversations about some of the absolutely spooky places that they have investigated, as well as their web series where they share those investigations with you. And it's really kind of a neat inside look. Chuck's been watching them. Um, it's a neat inside look at what paranormal investigators do. And I'm really fascinated with you guys because you... Um, started out I mean you started out sharing that you have always shared your investigations right yes so how do you feel that that has that affected how you do things and has it affected kind of your growth as a team the fact that that you filmed and shared those things
7: that's a good question I'd like to think that we would progress um you know what I'm gonna say that back what it does for us is it it really motivates us to make sure that we're getting great locations, that we're, you know, making sure that we get evidence correctly for the viewer, um, and presenting it in a way that it's it's entertaining. Uh, as a matter of fact, like everything that you hear uh, in the episode is it's hand scored by Keith himself.
2: Yeah, I was Not gonna hot. bring that up too. I saw that he does all the music for the videos. There goes one of my questions. Darn it!
4: Uh, so you
1: write all of the music and do you do do the music for the episodes and do you do it on a computer or how do you then produce the music
4: yeah I use a a computer program with the MIDI controller keyboard Mm -hmm. um, yeah I just make pretty simple scores and stuff because you know on YouTube you can't use like other people's music and stuff so I have to make it myself
1: you can use Creative Commons music, Good. <laughs> as long as you give them credit. You can use Creative Commons music because that's I use Creative Commons stuff when I do the um, the when I've done any filming stuff. So, but I think that's great that you are you. So you must be a musician then, Keith.
4: Yeah, I've, I've done like hip hop music and stuff for years. four or five years. So,
1: cool. What instruments do you play?
4: Um, well, it's hip-hop music that makes, uh, mostly just, like, make beats and stuff.
1: Oh, so, when I, you realized when I said earlier I was young, urban, and... <sighs> <I guess. Karen>. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you pick that up about me?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was just gonna say, you're asking. <laughs> Never mind. Well, but still, oh, if, if, you're scoring, if
1: you're scoring music, yeah, know, you obviously can read and write music. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Right? He does play so, instruments too. <laughs> he does. He's modern. Yeah, yeah, see? Guitar and bass guitar. <laughs> you play okay. guitar and bass? Yeah.
1: Very cool. I'm learning to play the mandolin badly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's a
1: hard one. It is. It is. Well, I play um, wind instruments and piano and percussion and have for mm-hmm. all my life. And so I thought, I'm going to learn a stringed instrument. Here. Yeah. Not nearly as easy as I thought. Let me tell you. So, people who can pick up the bass and pick up the guitar and learn them and play them, I'm impressed. All right. So, Chuck,
2: you yes. have a list
1: of questions. I'm going to be quiet for a while.
2: I have a list of questions. Okay, hang on. Let me get my notes now. Yeah, well, we kind of we weird. went over a we I just went like over guilty. a whole bunch of this stuff. That's okay. We went over a whole bunch of stuff, but um, so we've talked about some of the stuff you've done in the past. All right, and now we're moving. We're progressing. I see. I, I can see you're progressing as we, as I watch your. Because I'm, I'm a subscriber to your thing too, by the way. So, um, you know, it's a well, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep the paranormal, paranormal community going. You know, so um, what, what do you have in the, in the future? What are some places that you haven't gone to that you really, really want to go to, or is there anything that you really want to go to do here? I've already set up that's going to be happening. Can you give us an insight to that?
7: Well we'll be releasing an episode uh probably within the next within the next couple of weeks it's already filmed it's an edit now um yeah. we have um we always have our feelers out <laughs> and um, we are hoping uh we're trying to secure a location that we've been wanting to go to for a while um now that we're trying to up the game, we're yeah. getting into um locations that are requiring film permits and things like that so there's a lot of red tape and things like that behind those but uh we just can't wait to to bring those to our viewers
2: okay, and as, and it's as investigators and because I'm an investigator too, and uh do you is everywhere you go free? Do you have to pay for any of your investigations like the rest of us do, or how does that work for um, you guys? There, are,
7: there are some that they try to that, you know some people we kind of do a cross promotion for them, uh, but on the locations where you need a film permit, you have to buy um, insurance for those places mm-hmm. uh, so that can get pretty costly,
2: yeah right. Now I I saw like you know the listing of the people that are with you. There's also an Alyssa.
7: Yes,
2: is an investigator. It, we didn't talk much about her. We talked about the mediums and 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 we didn't talk about Alyssa and Andrew too much. So can we? How about if we talk about those guys a little bit? Is that cool? Wait, I
3: missed them. We love. Well, it.
2: no, you no you mentioned no you mentioned Andrew. You just I, Alyssa was on my list. I was just making sure that my list wasn't messed up or something like that. Um. So no, Alyssa, it's the
1: promo that Cheryl wrote. I blame Cheryl. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right.
7: So anyway.
4: so is Alyssa an investigator with you? Yes. Um Alyssa is um she was an investigator with us. Um Ooh. she well she we had an episode actually room. that we put out called the attachment and it actually explains what happened with um a malevolent spirit following us home and it actually affected everyone on the team um to the point where Alyssa stopped like wanting to do it anymore?
1: Oh, yeah, that can happen.
4: And uh, yeah, she just recently now, you know, entertained the idea of doing it again, but it it affected her really bad, actually. So
2: so wait, let me get this straight. So you we did an investigation and then a malevolent spirit followed you back to your homes, not just your home, but everyone's homes or uh, um, or how, how how can you expand a little bit on that or Well,
7: if we that's all okay? We all kind of experienced things differently, um, but they were all stemmed from the same place. Um, The uh, the attachment was our most recent episode, and um, we have been making that episode for about a year now because we had been dealing with this issue for about a year. Uh, It started off when we went to the Green Residence, and it has followed us through different investigations. It has followed us home. It has affected us all differently, uh, but pretty severely at at the same time. Um, You know, things that I... I'm pretty sure it came from the green residence because the apparition that I saw at the green residence is mm-hmm. the apparition that I was seeing in my home. Um, you know, well, every what, had, I'm sorry.
2: No, I was going to say, what did the apparition look like? I mean, what, what was um,
7: it? It was, uh, it was really strange how, how I describe it as it was two dimensional flat. It was, it looked like a white sketch, like a okay. sketch, on white paper that had been cut out and just put in real, real time with me. Um, mm-hmm. It was really really freaky and uh you know I'm just glad that it's gone.
3: <laughs> so in other
2: words so you were the, Go ahead. Yeah, have now. you
1: developed a strategy then for that to not happen again?
7: Um that is around the time that we uh recruited our psychic mediums on and they have been really great about helping us out. Um you know there's a spiritual church that we go to um that we know we can uh go to for advice and and help with these issues as well. Um, so we, we have kind of built a routine that we practiced before and after investigations. Uh, we did have to learn the hard way of how important those, uh, strategies are. <laughs> but, sure. um, you
1: know, and, and Well, like, it's a process. Sometimes you don't realize that until you have the experience. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, I should have done that.
7: Oh yeah. And that's part of the experience of investigators. You know, we, we sure. learn. And as yeah. we were saying that we have been on, um, you know, we've been making these episodes since the very beginning. So, everybody's experiencing it with us and you know, we're going to be honest and tell you, yeah, we, you know, we have this attachment and this is what happened. And, you know, we share that with our viewers.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. So I also noticed I I am on your website. Very nice website. Um, You have a soap.
7: Yes. (laughs) I forgot about that.
1: So let's talk about that because this is a really interesting concept to me. Um, Because we do, you know, um, some spiritual cleansing as well, although typically I do it in a little different way because I'm not a potions kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but we do use things like crystals and things as well. So tell me about your your soap.
7: Um, You know, I actually work in the beauty industry as well, um, where I'm pretty familiar with uh, aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been, you know... Aromatherapy goes back at nearly six thousand years uh, with the Egyptians, the ancient Greeks, Romans, even the Chinese uh, use aromatherapy. There are different yeah there are different ways to you know get different effects with the human body using aromatherapy, and so we are utilizing that concept to help cleanse your and you know release that negative energy in the same way that you would release tension. Um, and it's not a cure all, you know it's 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 an aid.
1: So, is it something that you um, so so tell me how it's how you use it.
7: Um, we use it before and after investigations. Okay. Um, you know, we use it as part of our our routine, part of our ritual before we go in and okay. come out. Um, you know, we we pray, we do that, um, we practice, you know, centering and grounding and all of that as well. Um, so, like I said it's an aid and it's it's part of our routine and it smells amazing.
1: Yeah, I appreciate when I said, tell me how you use soap. You didn't say, well, you wash your hands with it. So <laughs> I realized as I was asking that I, that was kind of a dumb sounding
7: question. So no, I, I understood your question, yeah. And, you know, when, when you're showering with it, it, you are being surrounded by by the aromatics. And that's, you know, part of the process in, in using it as well. So,
1: And you mix that up yourself at home or?
7: I, we make it at home, <laughs>
1: Okay, and that's available on your website, which is chillseekers.com. Yes. Under soap.
7: <laughs> yeah, It's actually going to be available um, coming up. I'll let Keith explain uh, kind of how it's going to be available in other places as well.
4: Um, well, it possibly might be available um, at the Phenomenology event in Gettysburg. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's um, some big names. I don't really want to drop names right now, but that are interested in carrying it and promoting it. But it's not like a sure thing yet, so I don't really want to drop names right now. I'm going to
1: tell you, it's a good good idea. I've never seen anything like that before. And um, why not soap? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a great idea. Do you guys sell a lot of it?
4: Um, So far, we sold about 50 bars. Yes.
1: Wow. How long have you been selling it? Uh, less than a month <laughs> you're kidding me, wow, so you've got a little uh little business going on the side, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> if we weren't busy
7: enough, we we created more
3: work
1: <laughs> well, I always am I, I have to i like i say kudos to you guys because and I'm terribly sincere about this when somebody finds that little spot and comes up with that brilliant idea, I just always think, dang, I wish I had a thought of that. <laughs> So it's it's a it's a good idea. And do you so you use the aromatherapy oils? Is that what you use then? Yes, for I, the
7: herbs? Uh, I use therapeutic grade essential oils. Okay, uh, when it, when we use it to um, To to create their their aromatics for the soap. Um, so you're getting really good quality products. We did our research on which um, which oils to use for which purposes and we tried to uh, explain a little bit of that too on the website and it comes with a little pamphlet with the uh, the actual bar of soap itself.
1: And have you noticed it making a difference in your experience?
7: Yes, it does. You know, I, I I firmly believe in it. I stand by it, um, you know, and I approach it with a positive attitude and that's part of the, the why it works.
1: You know what you need to do next? If you right. need to uh, here, I'm gonna give you my brilliant idea because this is why I never think of it because I always tell it to everybody. You should do this. Um, is like a soap that um enhances psychic abilities for people.
7: Actually, that is in the works. We've been talking about we're kinda seeing how this works out and then we have um we they, have different
4: lot, We're gonna create a line. We're
7: gonna have know? a whole line of soap. See, there you go. Ghost Center soap, psychic soap.
1: <laughs> Poltergeist be gone. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, mean, right? And then and then what you need is then the next line you can come out with is like protective deodorants. I know, huh?
7: Well they you know, they sell a lot of sprays and things like that, but it's you know, they they they're kind of a uh, focused towards a different community other than the paranormal investigators and so sometimes I feel like uh, as paranormal investigators, we can have such tunnel vision that we kind of forget to broaden our horizons a little bit and take a little bit from, you know, the world around us.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Well, I think it's a good idea. And I'm actually glad I ran across that on your website because it's, that's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. Good thinking, folks. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Uh, Chuck, did you have more questions?
2: No, I just said the the last one was just because uh, we talked about Alyssa and how she had gone away and came back. What about Andrew? I mean, he's an investigator, and he's your equipment tech, too, correct? Yeah, he's
4: our equipment guy. Um, he's kind of more behind-the-camera kind mm-hmm. of guy. He doesn't really like to be up in the focus of the investigation, but he helps That's us cool. out a lot.
7: He's still a core member, definitely.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And how did, how did you, how did you
2: guys hook up with him? I mean, how did you meet him and how did he get involved?
4: Um, I actually work with him. Uh, you oh. know, yeah, and day job. And, um, yeah, I just ran it by him. I was like, Hey, cause he always talk, we always talk about paranormal stuff at work. And I just ran it by him I'm like, Hey, I'm going on this investigation. <laughs> you want to go with us? And he was like, sure. And he has a tech background. Uh, he's like, I T kind of guy, so um, he went with us, and yeah, he's been with us ever since.
7: <laughs> he's actually makes a lot of our lights and our E M um, pumps and all of that, so yeah. it's really nice to have him on board.
2: Oh, also he uh, not besides using the equipment, he also kind of like builds some of the stuff you guys yeah. use. oh yeah.
1: That's Do you guys cool. have like a favorite place where you get your equipment?
4: Uh go center store probably.
1: Okay. Uh-huh. Very good. I like I, I like them, and I like Go stop, Yeah, yeah. We the
7: the two big ones, you know. And uh, we like we do like the the variety, and then you know, shipping's usually a decent price and everything too.
3: So
1: very cool. And on a totally superficial note, you guys are an adorable team.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: yes, you guys are adorable. I'm looking at your picture at the bottom of your soap page. That's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, with all of your equipment and one of you holding soap. Is that you holding the soap, Carissa?
7: Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, that's really, really cute. Yeah. Oh, okay, so um, I, I mentioned that when we got to the end of your segment that it was time for shameless self-promotion. Chuck, are you done with your questions?
2: Yes, ma'am. I am finished. Thank okay.
1: you. All right. I wanted to make sure you got all of your questions because, <laughs> unlike me, you prepare. And Thank I you. really appreciate that. <laughs> that's fine. Um So... It's time to promote yourselves. Anything that you would like anybody to know, where they can go find the soap, where they can go find the um, movies, not the movies, the shows, or where they can go find, you know, are you going to be at any events? All of that stuff.
4: Okay, um, let's see. Well, chillseekers.com is our website. Uh, social media, we're on Facebook.com slash uh, chillseekers, Twitter at chillseekers. Instagram at Chillseekers. Um, we're on Roku, Get Scared TV. Um, we have an app. Oh, yeah, we have a mobile app that you can get off for um, Android phones, the Android Marketplace.
7: And don't forget to buy your soap on chillseekers.com. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Very good. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It's been really fun talking to you. And I'll be interested to see over the next couple of years how things change for you as well. Because uh, there's one thing I know is that the longer people are in in this, this field, the more they change in the way that they do things, the way that they think about things, and the way that they experience things. So best of luck to you guys.
4: Thanks, guys. Thank
3: you.
1: Thank you. You guys have a great evening. All right, there you go, guys. That's uh Keith and Carissa from Chill Seekers. It's chillseekers.com. A whole lot of fun.
2: That's cool. I can't believe they have soap.
1: I know it's uh, you know, I when you first said, I'm like,
2: did she say soap?
1: (laughs) I know I saw it and I, I started to just sort of scroll down through it and I thought, you know. That's kind of a brilliant idea because people use herbs and people use crystals and people use all sorts of stuff for protection. You know, when I feel like I've got a little bit of the energy clinging to me, I'll come home and take a saltwater bath. I'm
2: going to check it it out. I'm going to buy some of that soap. I
1: might too because why not soap?
2: Right. Exactly. You got to be be stuck in an area with a bunch of people you don't want to stink anyway. So, I mean, regardless... Right?
1: Yeah, totally. So, hey, I know that I let them go a little bit early, but I actually wanted to have a conversation with you and Cheryl.
2: Uh-oh. I know. Okay.
1: Cheryl. Uh-oh. I know. No, we've <laughs> just had just a really um, unprecedentedly odd event in the world this past week. And I thought it would be good for us to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's just so strange. And of course, that's the Malaysian flight that's Disappeared, and I wanted to get your take on what on earth you think could have happened to this flight.
3: Uh,
2: that's a good question. I mean,
1: uh, it's just a mist I mean, have you ever seen it, anything like they haven't found it in like the last couple of hours? Have they? Yeah,
2: no. No, I don't think so.
1: I'm going on the I'm going new search site Indian Ocean.
2: I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm checking it too here.
1: I. I don't
0: know what happened to the flight. It, I I don't remember anything like this happening before, where they've gone so long without finding any evidence of a, of a crash. Not to sound or, flip, or, but doesn't
1: it kind of make you think of Lost?
3: Yeah,
0: kind of, kind of does. Um, it it also okay. I'll just be honest. Chad and I have had a conversation about <laughs> extraterrestrials, but well, my, I figured my personal no. opinion is that it's probably crashed in the ocean. And um, this is just a total personal opinion. I have no idea what happened to it. Yeah. But I think that they can't find the debris because it either it either sank quickly and the current took it somewhere else. Or I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's an odd thing, though. It's definitely an odd thing. I don't think the hijacking thing now makes sense. Like, at first I thought, oh, well, maybe they just hijacked it and they couldn't find where they ended up or something. But... But that doesn't. I mean, it's been too long. They would have located it at this point, right?
1: Well, I, the thing is, is that the They say that they think the transponder was turned off, or something. That and that's why it just kind of went off the radar, is because it was turned off. Yeah, I that's what they. That's that's one of the theories oh, now. Okay. Well, why, unless it was hijacked, why would it be turned off?
0: Right. Yeah, no. At first, I thought it was probably hijacked. That's what that's what I thought it when this whole thing first went down. Yeah. But I just think now it's just. I mean, wouldn't they have been able to track it down by now if it was? Yeah, so but wouldn't it?
1: they have been able to find it? at, You know, at least a, yeah. an oil slick or yeah. some some trace of where it went down. Yeah. With all yeah. the
0: what do they use? Um, not radar, yeah. but um, the the sonar. The sonar. sonar. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, to, to, yeah, I would think that they would have been able to, but I don't. It's strange.
2: Well, it said that the Vietnamese scrambled like helicopters too, or something, to, to cause it said it's a vast area where they disappeared in. But you know, I mean, the, they're also saying that it's a three, uh, the flight three seventy, it's a huge plane. I mean, how could you? Yeah, the 777, would, seven seven seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, how would something not be floating or something be seen? You, you know? would think
0: something would be floating
2: or seen.
1: Yeah, even like luggage, or I mean, so, but it's just gone.
2: It's like the so does- Triangle.
1: Does yeah. Chad think it's
0: aliens? Well, he brought that up to me. Uh-huh. And um, because, you know, Chad likes a good, you know, paranormal mm-hmm. or conspiracy Mystery, theory. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, strangeness. Yeah. Um, mm. So I think he thinks that something, yeah, paranormal might have taken place. I really do think that that's a possibility in his mind.
1: I mm. don't necessarily think that something paranormal has taken place. Okay. Um, but it's just so strange to me that it's just disappeared and oh patty says time travel
2: oh yeah i like sucked into patty. a vortex and shot out the other yeah mm-hmm. hmm. well but like Old when things go time. down
1: in the bermuda triangle they don't just disappear they yeah. they aren't uh, they found they just are found to have crashed there
2: well usually. some of the stuff in the bermuda triangle has never been found have, yeah like usually some,
1: they find some, something but
0: not always
2: yeah not always there's been a, there's a few of the real famous ones they've never They've never found anything. I mean, they've tried to explain it away and say, "Well, you know, the current could take it, and you could never find it," and blah 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 blah. But I mean, some of the some of the things that they talk about are just they just don't make sense. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Well, and this
1: just seems really unprecedented. I mean, that well, they haven't found a thing.
2: Did, did, was there any like? Did you, I didn't see anything where it said. Was there any like chatter before it happened? Like hey, nothing. Nothing.
1: So, okay,
0: going on Patty's um, time travel, now Chad posted Langoliers. What about dimensional, interdimensional travel? What
6: are Langoliers?
0: Have you seen, it's a movie, The
1: Langoliers? Yeah. I never saw it. saw it. See oh, King. what? I don't watch, you. oh, come <coughs> on. How often, how, how many times do you guys mention a movie and I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that. I don't watch a lot of
0: movies. The, yeah, the plane goes off into, I don't know, Chuck, is it another dimension? I don't know what, yeah, yeah. where they go, but it's, it's it's a world that where the Langoliers are eating up the, the, the other world and yeah. trying to get back to their world.
3: Mm-hmm. And um,
0: yeah, it's they went through some type of portal or something like that. And
2: right, Well, I see Chad was saying that the ocean is like a thousand feet deep there and everything, but okay, all right, so not all of the plane sinks. Some of it just, some of it's made buoyant or it floats, you know what I mean? There'd be something,
0: bodies, something. something. But maybe they they didn't, maybe they are not checking where it's at.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, okay.
2: Well, they had to have some (laughs) kind of an idea. Well, wait, they had to have some kind of an idea with the radar. Like at some point, okay, we lost contact. They should have been on their flight plan right around here. I mean, I understand it's still a vast area, but they would have some kind of... I mean, and usually when a plane disappears, boom, they're on it. I mean, the government's on yeah. it, people are on it right away. It's not like they go, oh, let's wait a, we'll wait a couple of days, see if they call us, you know. It has to be 24 hours, you know, before yeah. uh, we can call them and, missing, you know I mean. And
1: I mean, let's well, be honest. Here's, here's an they ABC have, report that says the transponder shut down at 1.21 a.m. It indicates it may well have been a deliberate act.
2: Well, there you go. As soon as that boom, you know, especially nowadays with terrorists and everything else, you would think they'd be on high alert for that stuff.
1: See, that's what makes me lean towards hijacking, mm-hmm. is if a, if a transponder was deliberately shut down.
2: See, now that would make sense, because then they could take it off its path and fly it somewhere, and there's got to be a way to hide a plane. I mean, you know, if they're planning out enough, they could probably do that.
0: But where are you going to land a big plane like that without a bunch of people knowing and it getting out by now?
2: I don't know. Unless it's, well, I don't know, unless it's an area where these people are from, and everybody's pretty True. much... You know what I mean? And on that same thing, you know, it's planned that way. I don't
0: know. And you're right. The other thing about the crashing into the ocean that doesn't make sense to me is you're right. Yeah, there's currents and stuff like this, but they have those sophisticated software programs that can take into account the wind, the weather, the this and that, and and show them where a a debris field would be after the fact. Mm
3: -hmm. So,
0: yeah, they should be able to locate something. Yeah, I don't
3: know.
2: This
1: weird. Patty says there were two transponders on board, so I'm asking her if both were shut down. Because you know, I'm yeah. sort of trying to talk to you guys and read news reports and everything <laughs> okay. else at this at the same time. I don't know. This oh. story has just, um, uh, you know, and I, I feel horribly for the families because to not have any idea what's happened to your yeah, it's
0: terrible hmm By the way, I have to clarify, apparently I don't I, I I didn't really make um sense of the Langoliers, but um apparently according to Chad it's it actually for me. it's actually a tr- uh, more of a time travel thing where th- where they went into the past and that langoliers were eating the past, so I had to get back to the present. So sorry mm-hmm. I screwed that yeah. one up. Oh, yeah. It was sort of like Pac
2: Man, they were gobbling yeah. up behind the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes, both uh- were shut down. Well okay that's not a that's not a coincidence Both transponders. do you no. think do you think no.
2: no see, but then if we go if we if we lean over to Chad's way, which yeah. I have my way of leaning that way too little i mean all right we're we're dealing with an unidentified flying object we might be dealing with beings that are much more intelligent than us they could shut everything down on us. they could easily mm-hmm. make that happen
1: so now Easy there's second planes out of the sky what. Well, <laughs>
2: no they could be they could be uh, directing them through a wormhole or through another dimension and pulling them through for whatever reason they want doesn't mean that they're like i mean actually sucking them but you know
1: but i mean it, you know patty makes a good point i should just have her call in um, patty texts me oh wait you so guys talk about it for I'm a minute.
0: on right, cnn.com okay. right now and what? i'm on cnn.com and the, and the and the lead story says likelihood plane is at bottom of the indian ocean U.S. sends ship to help search, so there. I so mean, that, the government is thinking they're at the bottom of the okay. ocean. Okay.
2: Well, then you got China, you got America, uh, the Vietnam. You got a whole bunch of different countries out there now. I mean, I would think they would be able to get some mm-hmm. kind of answer kind of quick. I mean, it's not like it. They waited. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're on yeah. top of it as it, it pretty much happened. So. Yeah. Well
1: here's the thing. So you think about how everything is so under satellite surveillance and stuff mm-hmm. like this.
3: hmm
1: Um and and Cheryl, can you put our number in Skype so I can give it to Patty? Um anyway, yeah. and so wouldn't stuff step. like that under constant satellite surveillance, wouldn't that be able to give us some idea of what happened? Isn't there like
4: tracking?
2: Isn't there tracking with like the black boxes for the planes? Isn't there a way to you know what I mean? To yeah, zone you would in think. on that signal?
0: It's pretty mind-blowing that they have no clue, and it's been how long now? I mean, it's,
2: um, it's strange. What strange. Yeah.
0: When did it happen?
2: It's like, I just had it on the screen, too, and I just got rid of it. I know, I just did, too. March, beginning of, I mean, just not that long ago, days ago. Yes. Chad,
0: What's what was the, the date? 13th. What,
1: what date did that
2: go Yeah, it wasn't like the 9th s- or the 6th, I don't know, somewhere like
0: it's been several days. Yeah, it's been more than I thought it would have been a, a little bit longer than that.
2: Hm. Well, it said it was like it was on. Well, it looked on Yahoo. and It was on Yahoo still, so it's it, that's still recent. We're so
1: well informed.
2: <laughs> yeah, I tell you, Yeah, sometime a couple weeks ago.
1: <laughs> no, it just seems like no. I mean because every day I've checked the news I'm because I'm like, oh, surely they found that plane now, right? You know, we haven't found that plane, and don't call me Shirley.
2: I was just gonna say, just going to say that you took that away from me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, when was yeah, Saturday? When I
1: wanted that. It Aww. was the eighth. You're right.
0: Okay, it was it was the eighth. It was Saturday that the yeah, uh, I just planes made the, wrong number. the planes data system spring, data reporting. Oh, there goes CNN. Let's green playing videos on me again.
3: Yeah. Sorry about that, guys.
0: Um, well, anyway, Saturday it's um it's data system shutdown. Uh, so
1: so it happened on Saturday.
0: Yeah, uh, the data reporting system shut down at 1.07 a.m. Saturday, while the transponder transmitting location and altitude shut down at 1.21 a.m. So, you know, we'll, just so, a few minutes later. Yeah, so Here comes like Patty. I wasn't plan- oh, I put the call on hold. That's not good. <laughs> how do I stop that? Hello, you guys back? Hello? Oh,
3: yeah, Hello. you put us on I'm hold back. when you answered Yeah. Patty. Yeah, I don't know hey. how that happened. <laughs>
6: Yes, I am
2: right here.
3: Hi, Patty. Oh, there she is. I see hey, you. Hey, Chuck, <laughs> Cheryl. Hi. I'm like.
2: Oh, also Aaron. like, I said, all of a sudden he goes, you're on hold. I'm like, it <laughs> you I don't.
6: I don't know what happened. I, I, I have that ability, you know, Chuck. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Patty, Patty
1: can do all sorts of scary things. She doesn't need soap. <laughs>
2: no, I don't. She, she I don't uses really it. Really.
1: She don't Don't get me wrong. She uses soap. No, well, <laughs> I hope She so.
2: doesn't need I to. I would <laughs> hope so. Okay.
1: So what do you think about all of this, Patty? Because clearly yeah, Patty. this is something you've been thinking about.
6: Right. And I've been I've been watching the websites as well as, you know, the conspiracy theories as well as the, you know, CNN news and then, you know, just questioning people where I work at as well. But um one thing I know you've had a past guest on the show Andrew Belisco, who's yeah. a time traveler. And yeah. I've been watching people on his on his Facebook site and they're talking about different reasons they think it's time travel situation and that other people have speculated that a government may have tried an E-bomb on it. And an E-bomb would be an electronic oh. an E as an electronic bu- burst. and basically <laughs> okay. disintegrated the plane in flight.
2: Whoa, huh. like the whole thing zapped it.
6: The whole thing is like microscopic pieces so there are no pieces left. Well, okay, that, would, so, I mean, that,
2: well that would make sense. They have, you
3: find
6: right. They have satellites I mean, literally, they have satellites that can zoom in on your license plate of your house right now. Yeah.
3: <sighs> but really, so no, wait, 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 wait,
2: no, wait, no. Is this e-bomb yeah. thing real? Is it real? They don't real? know. That's, okay.
6: Yeah, nice. there's no way. There's no way to know that for sure or not. But they said okay. if, if a government does have that capability, and again, it could be conspiracy theory. Yeah. That would be game over for everybody else. So, what do okay. you think? I kind of have a suspicion it was hijacked. and I don't know if it was because of the technology for the for the triple seven, which is a Relatively new plane, and you know it's out of Boeing, which is up here in the northwest. You know, and I know Karen was just an hour away from me, where I live yeah. at. up in Washington State, and we know Seattle is. You know, that's Boeing territory. You know, we, that's their home base. You know, um, we don't know if it, it, but it was the pilot. I, I was watching some things on the pilot. 53-year-old male who was the pilot on that plane was so into flying he even had a simulator at home. And I always thought that's really odd because I know a lot of pilots and nobody has a simulator at home.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and no, so,
6: you know. And then the other thing is, is you know, there's a lot of money involved with those. You know, whether it went to North Korea, whether it went into parts of China, I mean, whether it was another just government somewhere else that took the plane. And
2: right. Well,
1: that would mean that they would have to have killed the passengers, right?
2: I think we lost Patty.
1: Did we lose Patty?
2: We lost Patty. No, we, oh, we did.
1: How did that Patty,
2: happen? Patty, Uh-oh. come back, well, Patty. Oh, oh my God. she got sucked into the thing with the yeah. plane.
0: What's the purpose oh. of, a, of the was. hijacking, though, if they're not going to tell anybody about it?
1: Well,
2: well just for the, the
0: Patty technology? thing is hijacking to steal the technology, to technology, technology. so they
1: can reverse yeah.
2: engineer it. Yeah, so they wouldn't want to uh, tell anybody because they'd want to yeah. keep it under arrest while they're doing that. So true. That makes sense.
0: I'll see if Patty calls back. I'll try. I don't know. Skype has updated and changed its thing, so it may put you on hold again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a try. It worked this
1: time. Yay. Hi, Patty. Wait,
6: wait she's back.
2: Yay. Hey, Patty.
6: Yes, I'm back.
1: Yes.
2: Oh, ignore, I'm ignore the text noise. It's just I, me I, texting I, you to say I, come back. I thought, e- <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe you got e-bombed or something. I was like going to say,
1: that. I think you were talking about things you weren't supposed to. I was
2: afraid maybe you got, mm-hmm. you
6: know.
1: No, I got iphone
2: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh, did you hang up with your cheek? Because I
6: do that quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's all of the possible. I don't know. It just Sometimes it just dies. <laughs>
1: She Patty, so. where Patty lives. Sometimes her phone is great, and sometimes it like totally cuts her off. So yeah, um, true, very true. Well, so I was just asking when you when you so when you disappeared when you got sucked into the huh? vortex. Um, what about the passengers then? If it's hijacked, did they kill all the passengers? Do you think?
6: I don't think. I think if that's if that's a situation of a hijacking, I think they're probably going to use them as pawns later on, and that's a terrorist act, obviously. So okay. there, there would be a reason. And what I was saying just before I did cut off, there are seven different nations. Three individuals on that flight were from the United States. So there's a, quite a few nations involved in that. Right.
1: Right. So, so what it, about it, this, this kind of red herring? I'm sorry about the dogs. What about this kind of red herring thing that seems to have come up that there were the couple of guys with the stolen passports?
6: Right. And they found out those were, those were Iranian nationals trying to leave the country and they said but they weren't connected to terrorism which is so all well and fine you
1: know, it, it, I'm sorry I said so it was defection I'm sorry I don't know what they're barking at so yeah sorry <laughs> I'll go on I'll go on hold or I'll go on silent until they're done you guys talk amongst yourselves uh, okay
4: so so we're
2: so you're leaning towards terrorism then versus some unusual paranormal events or something like that
6: I mean, to make the most logical situation, right. people would say, "Yeah, it fell. It fell into the ocean. We will never find it." Mm-hmm. But again, you know, they can trace things. large. That's a pretty large metal object. Right. And if they have U.S. destroyers out there, they have you know boats from several nations out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw tonight Boeing and uh, Rolls Royce was sending people out there to look for it as well because right. you know, Rolls Royce makes the uh, engines and obviously mm-hmm. Boeing the fuselage, but you're looking at a lot of people and they can't
2: find a, you know, huge supersonic jet. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, if the supersonic jet was, like, say someone did hijack it and they're taking it to wherever, right. you gotta t- you can't tell me that somebody's radar somewhere has not picked up why we have this giant jet coming into our airspace, you know, and where did it come from? You know, I mean, you'd think somebody would pick that up, you know what I mean?
3: You would, I mean you it's kind of
6: hard so, to fly under the, well, I was going to say you were just getting ready to say it. there is ways to fly under the ra- radar. Uh-huh. Yeah, and one of the first things where you know if they know that this flight is coming from what was it uh, from Malaysia to mm-hmm. China to to uh, Beijing, it's right. flying. And at a certain point, transponders turn off. There's no more communication. There's two transport fr- excuse me transponders aboard that aircraft, and the only way they can be turned off is physically being turned off. Mm-hmm. That's not. I mean, they can't crash. I mean. They they don't fall apart. I mean, they don't just stop transponding, and that's why they use two of them. And so, that probably you know within the matter of time of trying to figure out what's going on with this, and then being in the areas that may not have picked up on radar, right. there's a possibility of going low enough where you're not even being you're not going to be picked up on radar completely.
2: Right. Yeah. But I would you know, think that so, yeah. And I know what you're saying is like the as far as the electronic end of it. But even like a visual end of it at some point, you know, like somebody's if you're, like gonna you're, see a
1: big jet flying. Hey, thank photo. you.
2: Yeah, you're gonna see something Are at some and point. Again, aren't mm-hmm.
1: they gonna see something on satellite?
6: You would you would think so, but you know, I don't know what was you know. I don't. Obviously, I'm not on board. I'm not a pilot. I'm not. You know, I don't deal with the aircraft that you don't way. Even enough, play but one on TV. <laughs> I don't even play one on television. <laughs>
1: but.
6: uh <laughs> But I am on the radio, but no, <laughs> but it is one of those situations where, you know, stranger things have happened. You it's know, nice. and so, yes, that's a big, that's a big aircraft, and yes, it's gone, and it's, you know, is it at the bottom of the ocean? I really don't think so. I really think it has, it has been hijacked to another country.
3: <laughs> and if you're no, flying no. In
6: that country's airspace, if you're flying to that country's airspace,
2: mm-hmm.
6: they're not going to say, oh yeah, we have it.
2: Yeah, well, that's true. And, and Chad says, by the way, we should ask Jesse Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. We should, yeah. Conspiracy yeah. theory guy. <laughs> yeah, no
1: well, it's just it's just such a mystery, and um, you know, I, I think it's really held people riveted. I suppose hijacking might be a best case scenario at this point because mm-hmm. that would indicate that there's potential that all of those people are still alive. Yeah.
2: Were all the people on the plane though? Like, were they all from? Um, was there any Americans on there, or was it all? Yeah. Four? Okay. Yes, all right. there,
6: there were three Americans on board, and there were, the nationalities were from uh, seven different nations. Okay.
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting mystery, and, and Patty, I didn't know, I didn't realize you'd been following this as much as you have, but I'm glad you have because you offered some interesting perspective for us. So, thank you for calling in.
6: You're
2: welcome. Have a good night. Bye, Thanks, guys. too. Bye, bye, Patty. Patty All
6: everyone. Yeah. Woohoo! Yay! You know what? We All need, right. We, so need oh. we need a segment. We need a segment
0: at the end of each show. Ask Patty.
1: Ask. We should
3: totally have Ask Patty at the yeah. end of
2: the
1: show. Make her call in every week, and we'll ask her crap.
0: You okay,
2: can have yeah. like a little seg music and I do 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 do. Ask Patty time, and then she comes <laughs> on. You know. Well, we're already giving up half
1: hour of our show to Chuck, so when are we going to fit that in? (laughs) Um, So I wanted to reiterate, if you've just joined us, starting in May, um, Paranormal Underground Radio will be ending at 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 um, Eastern, and other times in the flyover states. And starting at that time, then, will be Chuck's show in the dark radio. So we're each going to have an hour and a half show, and perfect length for both of us, I think.
2: Yes, I think it's going to be wonderful. I I like the way we're linked together, like a big family.
1: Yes, we're really excited about it. And we are a really big family. And Mm -hmm. so, um, Cheryl, let's promo some shows.
0: All righty. We have some great shows coming up next week. We'll be talking with members of Pacific Coast Spirit Watch and Paranormal Safari. And then March 27th, we'll be talking to psychic medium Andrea Lockbaum. Yeah, and then April third, we will be talking to psychic medium and co-founder of White Light Paranormal, Seth Michael.
1: Very good, and yeah. I I know the last two shows, and those are some good shows. And of course, after us tonight, um, Chuck, what do you have?
2: I have uh, Mister Chad Lewis, who's going to be on this evening. He's a researcher, author, and lecturer on the strange and the bizarre. He's also been on the the America Channel, um, Monsters and Mysteries. We're going we'll to be talking about the van. Love that Eater. show. Mm-hmm. Van Meter Monster, or uh, some people call it the Van Meter Visitor. It's an interesting story that I want to share. That oh, it sounds very
1: interesting. And Chuck, yes. Yes. what do you have next week on your show?
2: Uh, I think it's somebody uh, that you snubbed uh, in early weeks. Hang, hang, <laughs> hang on, hang on let, me, let me look here. Uh, <laughs> notes? Oh, yeah. Um, A lady by the name of Karen Frazier.
1: That you snubbed the early weeks. I did not snub you anybody, snubbed Karen.
2: Her. Stop you it. <laughs> She's the co-host of Paranormal Underground, author of two books, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington, and Dancing with the Afterlife. But well, well, we're not going to talk about the books, though, are we? We're going to talk about other cool things.
1: We're going to talk about whatever you want to oh, talk about yes. because it's your show.
2: We're going to get in-depth with some stuff you've never talked about before. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime, people, so you better make sure you're paying attention.
1: There's some stuff that I, if I have talked about it, it's been only very briefly.
2: It's mm-hmm. true. We're going to um, open it up.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just gonna, open my head up and let you Open
2: in. you up like a can of worms, lady.
1: You guys are that's right. You better hope that it's a can of worms and not a can of whoop ass there. Chuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I'm on the other side of the country.
1: That's right. Oh my goodness. All right. So and then after your show tonight, it's um the Coyote grandpa. Medicine Show, right?
2: Yeah, grandpa.
1: Yeah.
0: See? Spinning some tunes. So, Smooth we would like to know.
1: encourage you all to spend as much time as possible on Hazy Radio because it's got some great programming and um, we're starting to welcome some new shows to the networks at network as well. So, um, tune yeah. into Hazy because you just never know what you're going to hear, but it's usually pretty cool stuff. Yes, it is. There you go. Mm. And is there any magazine news that I need to, you know, in this last few minutes? Is there magazine news, Cheryl?
0: The March issue is online and you can find that at ParanormalUnderground.net You can also go to the Apple Newsstand or the Google Play App Store and download our app. Once you're inside the app you can choose from several subscription levels. You can choose from a monthly subscription, a quarterly subscription, or an annual subscription and by doing so you will get the interactive version of the magazine and what that means is it includes audio and video some cool stuff uh-huh. there.
1: That's right. And it's worth every penny. Yes. Because we have fantastic writers. I
3: think, and I am not just talking
1: about me and G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, you guys are awesome, but we have a lot of other fantastic writers who, yes. oh my gosh, they deliver consistently great stories and very, I'm very impressed. Okay, I, I totally am like sounding like I'm bragging, but I'm impressed with all of you guys because of all of the I mean, really high-quality stories that you guys deliver every month.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a great effort for the magazine, and it is. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's always been high-quality. We've always gotten just rave reviews from people who have read it, and if you've never checked out Paranormal Underground magazine, I would definitely do that. Also, I wanted to mention um, that tomorrow is... Our good friend and my co-host Rick Hale's birthday. So Yay. even though Rick is not with us tonight because
2: he hurt happy his back,
3: birthday.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Happy birthday, Rick! I hope your back feels better tomorrow.
2: Happy birthday, buddy.
1: That's right. And hearty, hearty. Notice, Neither Chuck. I think Chuck could sing. Chuck sings better than me.
2: I could Chuck. do it if you want. Do you want me? To yeah, do yeah. Sing, to, sing to Rick. All right, fine. Here we go. <gasps> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr.
3: Rick Hale! Happy birthday to you.
2: There you go. How do you like and that?
3: Anymore. I think Chuck I needs his time. own uh, record label.
2: Look like a monkey, and you smell like one too. I was
3: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. gonna
1: say that was a very um. It started out sincere, but then it got a little lounge singery in the middle. Yeah,
2: you know. But, but I think you, little. you brought
1: it home well. Yeah.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you very much.
1: Mm-hmm. That's my it's review. that radio
2: thing. When I start talking on radio, I start out like this, and I was like, "Hey, how's it going? How about the radio?" All
1: right. Well, <laughs> oh, so here's here's the good news. I'm about to not be on the radio for the rest of the night, and you got another hour to go. I know. You both, yeah. of you do. Hey, so, we're gonna um, have fun. Yeah. Hey, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to our guests this evening. They were awesome. They were a lot of fun and they're a group to watch. They're a fairly young group and they seem to be up and coming and not only are they a group to watch figuratively, but you can literally watch them if you go to their website, <laughs> Jillseekers dot com, and you can watch the shows that they've been recording. So there you go. Do
2: it. Yeah, and you can clean yourself too, but they got the soap, so you can do that too.
1: And that's right, and order some soap. Yes. I mean come on, it can't hurt. I think everybody should try a bar and just yep. see. Just I see. So. <laughs> because it's kind of a cool idea.
2: Yes, I think so.
1: I, I like the idea. I think it's a cool idea. And I also like the audacity of the idea, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's just, duh, why didn't I think of this? There we go. <laughs> missed a, I missed out on another million dollars, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so I am going to sign us off and mm-hmm. leave it to you, two in your capable hands. I hope that you guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. P- Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. You all have a good week. Good night. Bye, Karen. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.